Hi, I'm Yasin Alashrafi from HQ Recording. You're in tune to the Us People podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Us People podcast. I'm your host, Savio Rocks, and today I've got Yasing here from HQ Familia, the record label, and also HQ Recording Studios. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you. Thank you for coming on the Us People podcast. That's all right. Thanks for the invite. Oh, no, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Actually, to be quite honest, I think you're one of the nicest people I've got a response from. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> I try, I try. <laughs> 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 so let's get into uh hq um you've been you know you've done a lot of stuff with the princess trust which we just spoke about before we started recording um you've also been working in the music business for over 10 years i'm sure that's even longer now um so my first question to you when i was doing my research about you and reading a little bit about hq tell me a little bit about the building you're actually in because so, that's quite famous as well, isn't it? Yeah, so the building, um, it used to be home to 5HQ and Formation Records, uh, which was DJSS. Um, and yeah, Formation Records was massive. Like, it's still it's still going now, he's still doing bits. But for, for, like, for Leicester, like, 5HQ was... It was a bit of a mecca, you know? Like, it was a yeah. big it was a big part of the rave scene, especially drum and bass, jungle. But, you know, it was a record shop. You know, we used to go there, get tickets for raves and flyers to decorate our walls for them. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great shop. We used to spend, like, when I was, i say, probably 14, 15, I'd go there every week and would be there all day on Saturdays listening to records and playing arcade games and stuff. So I know, and I never got to go upstairs and see the studio. So (laughs) 15 years later, when I was 30, I got the keys. So it was like, it was a bit of a dream come true, to be honest because hey. I actually said I put it out there it's like if I could have any venue in Leicester it I would, would want there. 5HQ because it had that I suppose that feeling attached to it you know and that, I think you had a connection to it from the first time most probably you saw it yeah for sure and it was such a big thing of like it was a, such a big part of our I suppose musical journey yeah so well, yeah it's, it's like kind of coming full circle actually being able to to run our business from that yeah tell us a little bit about the princess trust as well how did you get involved in it so princess trust um i I was i was invited to be part of a project called talent match and that was a five-year project that was funded by the big lottery um the princess trust were like administering five of the funds like in five different areas so they were doing the the leicestershire partnership so through working on that project for five years so i was delivering um music music provision i was doing yeah. some stuff around um like we did some stuff on digital profiling we did so that was kind of all about like online cvs and video cvs and you know kind of trying to help people think of i suppose new ways of doing stuff and yeah the whole project was yeah for sure but you've got, you've got to suppose move with the times you know yeah. so and we know everything is going visual and digital now you know oh, definitely so, yeah, so yeah. we're just trying to help, I suppose, equip people, especially people who may come from places where they can't afford computers and, you know, maybe of some of the technology. Surprised, yeah. 
Yeah, well, that's the thing. You, sometimes it's it's hard to realise, you know, if you've got this stuff already, sometimes it's you don't realise how expensive maybe it can be or even hard for certain people to get, just, just to be able to access the stuff, you know what I mean, yeah. in the first place. So, um, yeah, we spent five years just trying to, I suppose, re-engage and motivate as many people as we could. Um, and then we started, kind of then realised that some of the people we were working with were at a level where, they needed like an introduction into business and how can they become, how can they monetize their talents basically, you know? So we started doing the, um, the Princess Trust Enterprise projects with, so basically I'd kind of get them and I'd help them come up with an idea then I would send them to the Princess Trust and then they would kind of give them, you know, a bit more of the, the like admin side, you know, help yes. them get their UTRs, you know, they'll do a whole, teach them about the tax and, you know, like, cash flow forecast and all the kind of technical bits and then I would help them kind of finish off the business plan and get started I suppose I was more the, I suppose the practical support you know okay yeah, where no, can, I understand that. Yeah. yeah so where can we I think some of it as well probably even down to just breaking it down into a little bit more into street lingo you know like yeah. you know kind of because I think a lot of people especially from from the streets you know they kind of feel like business maybe you know, something that they can't do or it's too hard mm. or they can't aspire I think, to it. I think a lot of people, when anyone who's from the streets would understand this, and I'm sure you do as well, where people have a tendency, if you have a dream, they try and knock your dream down. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and there's not a lot of people like yourself who would say, you know what, you can do this, you can be better, you can help other people, so you can get to where you want to get to just like what you're doing yeah. and then help other people. So it's kind of like return the favor in a way so i'm helping you please help someone else yeah that's and, exactly and i wish it. there was more of that i wish there was more of that and and i'm happy to meet people like yourself because it gives other people and listeners who are listening hope that you can do it regardless of the crisis regardless of regardless of what's going on you still can do that stepping stone be positive optimistic and just write it down and i think right now is a positive time to do that in a way yeah because definitely. you're inside yeah, 100%. And obviously, it's for me, it's kind of, I, I, I bought into it when I was younger, you know, I was how I grew up, you know, I kind of I never had a dad and we was kind of, uh, you know, we always grew up on council estates and we didn't have a lot. And, you know, like the, the I suppose the, the idea was that people like us would go jail or we would go into menial work, you know, and to be honest, we kind of, I suppose that whole self-fulfilling prophecy, we took that on, you know, it's like, well, if this oh, is what they're expecting, we may as well do okay. it. Let's be yeah. gangsters, let's be hustlers, let's be whatever, you know, because we didn't feel like there was any, I suppose, real plan for it. There's no no one believed in us. There was no plan for people like us. So we kind of went down that route and kind of, before we knew it, we was in quite deep. And then it's kind of, you, you start looking up the people that you used to look up to. Like the oldest, you realise they're going and they're doing big, they're doing big stretches in jail, or you know they're being killed, or you know there was a lot of stuff, and it's kind of realised actually that's that's yeah. not what we want. You know, when you're young and you see the cars and the money, and you know they might treat you like you know giving you big money to go shop or whatever, you know, and you might get kind of sucked into that. But like I say, as you get older, you start realising you know that. The reality of it is it's not all it's cracked up to be and a lot of these guys end up going crazy and always looking over the shoulders and you know kind of realize this is a really murky world and then i think when i was 20 26 my first son was born and that was kind of a real 
kind of switch in my brain. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of like all of a sudden I've gone from, you know, I suppose no one relying on me. As soon as I've got that, okay, now I'm a dad, I've got someone relying on me forever. This is somebody who I, who I want to be proud of me. You know, before I weren't really bothered what people thought about me, but as soon as I become a dad, it's like, okay, it's important my kids think of me as somebody that they can be proud model. of. Yeah, a role yeah. model for sure. Yeah, definitely. How would you say you got into music? What inspired you to get into the music industry? It's a weird thing to be honest. I kind of, I kind of fell into the music industry. So it was like I've always loved music. I've always been around musicians. That like my mom always used to listen to loads of different music, from like literally reggae to pop to just to anything classical. So I've always like had music in my life. But um, when I was younger, I did a project myself with a, um, an arts organisation called Soft Touch Arts. Okay. Um, and I did that when I was 15 and I think we did like DJ workshops, MC workshops and then we put on our own event which well, we put on a couple of events and then that was kind of like our first introduction into like the actual music you know putting on events taking it to that next level yeah. and I basically did it and then I kind of I carried on on the route I was on excuse me um, but a lot of other people they stayed in, so like I kind of went and had a quite like a mad decade, just being a bit of a, a crazy kid and you know just kind of chasing. I think we all have it in us at some point. Something will drive us there. Well, that's and we'll it. Think, yeah, it's, but you know what? I think that's one of the most beautiful things in a way because it's kind of like being creative, even if you're going on a mad tangent. Mm. It helps you in a way to understand your creativity within yourself. Even well, if other people don't understand it. Well, yeah, and I think everything leads you to where you were as well, because it's like the the years I wasted, you know, kind of chasing girls and drugs and parties and stuff. It was, although it was a waste, obviously it was part of my journey. And then when I kind of realised when I was older, I needed to start my own business. I wanted to do something for myself. Like I looked around at my friends, like okay, these are all now DJs, engineers, producers, promoters, but no one's making any money. So I was like. I was always a bit of a middleman and a kind of always a bit of a a bit of a a bit of a hustler. That I could buy and sell anything, even though I could go to the shops, buy clothes in sale, and I could then resell them at higher value. So I always oh, yeah. had that. So I was kind of like, okay, so you're all doing music. It's basically a really expensive hobby. Like yeah. if you can't make any money performing it, maybe you can make some money teaching it. <laughs> and I looked at Leicester and I realised there was no real organisations like that was that was specific for adults. So yeah. I thought, well, if I'm mid-20s, by the time I've kind of found any kind of direction, there must be a whole heap of people in the same position. So I basically went back to Soft Touch, kind of explained to them my idea. And I was, so I basically kind of, I suppose, took their model, but just changed it for over 18s and then put a bit more focus on the, the, the money-making side, the, the, the enterprise side, and yeah. you know, like how can you make it into an actual career and monetize it? Yeah, well that makes definitely sense. Tell us a little bit about the studio. So how, so after you've got it, it I've seen like your website is really good. Like everything is on it is really good, it's really planned out. Tell okay. us a little bit about the studio and how it works. So the studio, so we're like we started off when we first got into it, it was just a room, but it was it was already soundproof, so we was hyped just the fact that it was soundproofed and it had a booth. Yeah. You know, it was like wow, this is real. <laughs> so we basically in the beginning we just kind of cob cobbled a, a little setup together from bits we could get from wherever, you know, and 
I think over the years it's just it's just evolved, you know. So the studios probably completely changed three or four times, and then last year um, I took on a it was a social investment, so it's part grant, part loan, so that yeah. I could kind okay. of. So I decided it was we got as far as we could possibly get, and I kind of thought, you know, this is you know life favors the brave. I was kind of like, you know what we are, we need to we can either stay where we are happily, just trudging along. And kind of just getting by, or we can try and take it to more. the next level. So yeah. yeah, we got the investment, and we completely redid the studio, and we we kind of built a second studio, which in a room that used to be the live room that didn't get a lot. So, and then we've we've also done the downstairs as well. So we've got three working studios now, and then we've got a, a media space as well where we can do like photo shoots and little videos and stuff. So. It's been a it's been a long kind of a, a really long evolution, but it's kind of it's worth it. Yeah, it's like ninety ninety five percent now of like what we want it to be, you know. So it's it's what I always wanted it to be really was like a facility like what you'd expect in London, but in Leicester, yeah. you know. So yeah. people don't have to travel out; they can come to us and get industry standard equipment and recordings and products, basically. So yeah, that's what we've done. If there was one artist you admire that you would like to work in a recording studio with, just you and the artist, who would it be and why would you choose that particular artist? You know what, um, it's a hard one because obviously there's a lot. But I I'm know, a, yeah. I would, <laughs> I would go with Kano and just because I've, oh. been, I've been listening to Kano for, for years and consistently... You know what? He's he's got a vibe that comes across in his music. In his, yeah. You know, I could just tell, like, yeah, we could... <laughs> it would be it would okay, be a we're going to send this to him okay we're going to send this podcast yes. <laughs> to him and hopefully he listens to it and he gets back to you come on Kano come down my studio's <laughs> come banging come on Kano <laughs> <laughs> if you could choose one quote that represents who you are as a person and what you do what quote would it be and why um I think I would probably be something a little bit cheesier, but it would be something along, you know, kind of like, believe it and you can achieve it, you know, because... That's fair enough. Everything I... It's simple. Yeah. It's and ev- simple. It says everything what it I says. do is about that. Like, everything everything that I try and pass on is about mindset and belief and confidence, because I feel like once you've got that, everything else will come. Yeah, no, that's true. That's actually true. If you... So, if for instance, I know we spoke about Kano just a second ago, and if you were in a studio and you want Kano to work with, but now, if I'm saying, if you were stuck on a desert island, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm giving you all the food and water you could, could ever, ever dream of, yeah, and you had to have one person who you could sit down and have a conversation with. So it's different from working with someone in music okay. to having a conversation with possibly about anything that you love. So it's not just music-based now? It's not just music-based. It's someone that you can actually sit down, have a conversation with. And be I'd, like, talk about everything with what artist or person would you choose? I think I'd go for a person. I think I'd probably go for somebody like like Elon Musk or you know someone oh, who's yeah. you know someone who's just super yeah. intelligent who yeah. who knows stuff that I can't even comprehend. You know, so <laughs> I would if I'm good, if I've got that much time, maybe we can break <laughs> it down <laughs> in a way that I can understand it. Yeah. Ah <laughs> oh, damn. Now another thing for you is if you had an unlimited budget of money right what would you change in the music industry that you feel needs changing 
Um, I think the main things would be around, you know, kind of like marketing and promotion and stuff. Because what I realise is, is, and we have the, we have this issue ourselves that we can make we can make music every day that's good enough for the charts. It's better than ninety eight percent of what you'll hear on the radio. But as trying to get that into the the hands of the right people is. It's a very murky industry and everybody's trying to sell you this. So let me, I'll sell you a playlist package. I'll sell you a radio and everything's just like ridiculous money. So I think what I would do is use my money to try and level the playing field a bit because there's some whack people getting a lot of shine because there's money there. <laughs> and there's some great people being completely overlooked because they've I not I say got... that all the time and I think sometimes that upsets me and I get really passionate about it. Yeah. Where I find that, that like you just said, um, I was in publishing for a certain amount of years and I loved it. But what I found is if you don't have the money behind you, you won't get anywhere. And I find that so sad. Mm. But then on um, the flip side, I do it like, I, I, I feel like that, but I do feel there's also a way around it, you know? Like, of course. See, but this is what I mean. I feel like you're a person who finds solutions to problems. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And for me, it's no. like, okay, so we can't do it. So for me, I'll just make the plan a little bit longer, you know? And I'm prepared, I'm patient and I'm, because I believe in where I'm going, I'm happy to put five, 10, 15 years, you know, whatever it is. And I know I'll get that. It's a weird thing as well though, because if I would have got where I wanted to get in the time I wanted to get there, I wouldn't have been you think ready. You would have been a different, do you think you would have been a different person if it was given to you? I think I probably, this is like, I would have probably ended up getting it too early and messing it up, you know, like, because I wasn't ready for it, whereas, like even now, like even 10 years into my journey, I'm still not quite ready for where I want to be, you know? So I'm still learning a lot of stuff along the way and putting things in place because I suppose a lot of the time it was kind of me doing everything, doing the ad, other than the music, you know, doing the admin, doing the bid writing, doing the cleaning, yeah. the recruitment, the phone calls. You know, so I was, I was every job. So now it's kind of finally I'm getting into a position where I could give somebody a couple of days work doing admin, somebody else, get do the got an accountant who will do the accounts yeah. you know so i feel like when did we finally get there i'll be in a position where i've got the people around me to look after the bits that, yeah, that are not my specialist or i don't enjoy so that i've got yeah. the time to actually i suppose seize the opportunities that will come so and eventually yeah. i just build it and they will come you know i think if you're consistently making noise yeah. for long enough people yeah. can't ignore you you know they have to come in you will be heard yeah you will be heard eventually what makes your company or your studio i should say different from other record labels or studios what would uh, you say i think to be honest it's probably the ethos and the ethics behind yeah what we do so we've also i've got um uh one of the businesses i'm part of it's called hq can create yeah. so that's hq creative arts network and that's a community interest company so a lot of our people come to us through projects, so they're unemployed or they've had maybe ex-offenders or maybe yeah, they're suffering with some yeah. kind of mental health problems or um, anything like that. So I think basically like everything ties into each other. So the label is kind of like, I suppose for the cream, you know, like the best of the best of the people we work with. So some of them have come through projects, some of them are just like people that we've happened to work with. Um, but I think with us, we're not, I think it's probably because we're not money focused, you know, so it's like for us, like I sign artists on a two year kind of development management deal. So okay. that like for two years, I'll give them free studio time, free use of producers, 
vocal coaching. I was just That's basically really trying to develop them. You know, we'll teach them about yeah. branding, how to make EPKs and um, press releases. So what the, what the idea is that within that two years, we can make a load of music that in the first year, that maybe in the second year, we can pitch to major labels or to publishers. Yeah. Um, also, I, I put a lot of events on to keep them active in the performances. And so they've always got a performance coming, basically. And yeah, it's probably, I think it's just mainly down to, sorry, I waffle a bit. I do ramble. No, you know, no, 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 no. You know, the best thing about this podcast, um, when I was doing my research on podcasts and I was listening to so many different podcasts, and most of the time people were just talking about themselves, like the host was talking about themselves. Yeah, me, 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 me. But then I wanted to do something where people get to speak and okay. be their true self, their true authentic self. So anything that you're saying to me is not just to me, it's to, to, to hundreds or thousands of people that will listen and say, you know what, I want to do this. And, mm. and his information is helping me. So you're not waffling at all. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you're saying is of goodness. So to me, that's a good thing. That's cool. And that's, that's something else that I like to do. And that might be something else that is a little bit different about us. We don't kind of want to have all the knowledge and do it. And people don't know what we're doing, you know. So yeah. we tell people like every step of the way, this is what we're doing. This is the contract. We make everything black and white so that, say, like after a year or two years, they do, like, it don't work and they go their separate yeah. ways. At least they've got that knowledge. They've got a portfolio, you know. And for us, it's... You know, like, I, I work with a lot of people as well, so I'm, I'm happy to lose a few people along the way, you know. So That's fair enough. It's like I've got, I think, nine artists at the minute, and some of them might come all the way to the top of the music industry with us and get mobos and grammys. Some of them might have a career in music. Some of them might just end up moving away, and we lose contact, you know, so it's... But, I think it's one of those things, yeah. Yeah, but they'll all get the same chance to, to flourish. They'll all get the same use of the, the resources and the guidance and stuff. And Yeah, but the, the overall aim is still to go to the top, you know. So we, yeah. the vision is to be as big as we can be. Like, so the community interest side, you know, at the minute we do like small projects for, say, 10 people at a time, you know. Eventually we would probably want like a HQ center of excellence you know where we're doing everything in-house and the filming and just trying to i suppose the bigger you get the more people you can help so that's true uh, we started off yeah. working with four people at a time now we can work with 10 or 12 you know so i suppose it's just it's just about growing it to be as big as it can and like i say trying to give that inspiration and aspiration just not necessarily yeah. to get to the top but get to as a far as level. you can get you can go, yeah. yeah so again and my thing is like if you aim for the stars and you don't hit them you're going to at least get to the sky whereas yeah you know so aim as high as possible and you're going to get further than I what like you would have done i like that definitely which kind of leads me on to my next question what does success mean to you and define what the word success means so everyone has a definition of what success is or what it means to them what does it mean to you and your company and the people you work with I think success really means it's, it's basically freedom combined with, I suppose, what's the, I can't think of the word. Not where you're sustained, but where you're, you know, like you don't want for nothing, you know, so. It's kind of like being financially free in a way. Yeah, fina like, like financially secure, I suppose. Kind of, yeah. You know, so it's. Security. I think especially in the music, I think success is basically where 
you're a you're happy because if you're not happy you're not successful so happiness is always my number one i suppose yep. gauge of success um, but then after that i think it's yeah the freedom is to be able to i suppose just to work on your dream or your music yep. without yep. any fear of you know it being taken away or having to do yep. a job or something so just being able yep. to do what you love that and like earn friend. from it and be happy is success to me oh that's really good um What's the one memory that you have so far? The one best memory that you have so far? If you could combine everything together, what's the one memory that you would say you carry with you every day? I think, to be honest, again, there's quite a lot because it's been a crazy journey, but I think it's probably that I... It's, it's two and it's kind of combined. So when I won the, the Prince's Trust Mentor of the Year, like, there was a lot of things that were amazing about that. Firstly, that I was even nominated, but then it went to like a, a public vote on Good Morning Britain. And then they, I found out live on Good Morning Britain. So that they told me to come in for a tour. And then when I went in, I basically ended up on live on Good Morning Britain for like seven minutes, which was, which was crazy. Like such a, it was so early as well. I was quite tired. It was quite surreal. <laughs> but you know, just from like seeing that, like watching that every morning, I go downstairs yeah. and my missus is watching Good Morning Britain. You know, so to Aww. just like walk out onto the set was that was a memory. But then, How did she feel when she saw you? She was she was she went crazy. Like her and my son were like watching it and she shared it all over Facebook and stuff. I think she said she even I think she said she even cried. I think she was so like kind of happy and excited you know it was it was quite a big thing you know and it's obviously that led on to me going to the royal albert hall and meeting prince charles which is kind of the second part of the memory it's kind of all kind of all molded into one memory to be honest you know because it's all part of the same thing yeah yeah kind of thing was there ever a time where you said to yourself that you wanted to give up because of lack of money lack of funds lack of support I know you'll get to a place sometimes where we feel quite stuck and we feel stagnant. Yeah. Was there ever a time that you ever felt like that? And how did you pull yourself out of it? Um, again, to be honest, it's happened a few times, you know, like, so when I first started 10 years ago, I started with um, like a group of people that were my friends. And okay. sometimes that works and sometimes friends and business can be a bit of a nightmare um, yeah. because we, we had the studio first, but then we also got a nightclub so we were trying oh, to run okay. a, a nightclub and we were trying to run a studio and we were trying to kind of all do our own normal stuff as well. And we, we basically, we, the, the pressure of that kind of in the end, when we, le- when we left the nightclub, we basically kind of left the company. So I kind of went from being in a company of five to being on my own and kind of with this, this big this big building and this like big projects like so it was a bit of a, a weight on my shoulders you know it's like well it's just me now you know so I was close to giving up then to be honest um, but then I decided just to like the business was in a really bad position as well at that time like it was in quite a lot of debt and it was it just weren't going well so it was I kind of had two choices it was like I either let the business go and cut my losses or I put my last bit of my own personal money in clear all the debts and try and rebuild it so I decided to go with that and then I kind of I ended up getting a new team and it's like now we're in a better position than we've ever been so I'm glad I'm glad I didn't give up (laughs) (laughs) it was touch and go 
Yeah, sometimes no, but sometimes life is a challenge for you. It mm. kind of tests you in the best of ways. So, why do you want Leicester to be on the map? Why is it so important for you to have Leicester on the map? Well, for me, I'm I'm Leicester born and bred, you know. So this is. I this can see you support the Leicester football team as well. Yeah, like I said, I'm, Le- I'm, Le- I'm Leicester born and bred. So <laughs> if you're Leicester born and bred and you don't support Leicester, then I'm blaming. No, that makes sense. I- I'll blame your dad first sense. and foremost. But still, <laughs> you know, like support Leicester. This is where you're from. At least there's one of your teams. Yeah. Um, just yeah, just because you know, I love, I love I love my city. I love the people, you know, and I want to. I feel like we've been overlooked a lot in Leicester. I feel like because of kind of where we are and because we're. There's, there's other cities like Manchester and Birmingham and, you know, places that are just got that bigger reputation and a bigger scene and a bit more infrastructure yeah. that Leicester, yeah. Leicester's just got overlooked for, for a long time. So, and I think for me, like, once I decided where I want to go, I kind of feel like, OK, I could move to London and try and do it in London. But then yeah. that's kind of, I don't know, I kind of feel like I'd be then turning my back on my own city. So I feel like I'd rather spend longer trying to make something happen in Leicester than move into somewhat a bigger city just for an easier ride, you know what I mean? Do you feel that you would have had more of a competition if you decided to be based in London because you wouldn't necessarily be representing Leicester? Yeah, probably. I think there would be more competition, obviously, because there's more people. But then on the flip side, it's a weird one because there's a lot more competition, but there's a lot more opportunity. And I think even when you get into like the the world of funding and stuff you know you're a lot more likely to be able to draw in funding and investment when you're in London than you are in one of the smaller cities because it's like if you're not in London people don't really look at you as music business or you know what I mean so it's bad yeah yeah so I kind of just always thought like why why are people leaving Leicester to go anywhere like let's make Leicester somewhere big enough that people want to travel to us you know what I mean yeah and well, that's, that that's actually starting to happen now. Like we've got clients who, who have travelled from London and um, Manchester, Birmingham, Liverpool. Well, we've even had, to be fair, a couple of clients who have even like flown over from oh, wow. a lot of France. I had a client from Hungary. Um, so it's, it's getting there now because I think people know that I think we're bringing something different to the table and we've got a different sound and we work yeah. we work a, a different way. So it's. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a good time for Leicester at the minute. Things are definitely bubbling. Keep keep our fingers crossed for you guys as well. Yeah, it's all coming. It's all coming. Don't worry. <laughs> it's all come. Give it time. It's just patience. All it is is patience. Hundred percent. Time is just patience. If you want it bad enough, it will come to you. And especially, it comes at the right time. You think to yourself, "Oh no, it's not coming." And then before you know it, boom! It's all right in front of you. Mm. Well, my no, thing. Sh- I started visioning like this journey, say, ten years ago. So I yeah. made the decision thirty to forty that I would try and establish myself, you know, so make sure that yeah. that by the time I'm 40, people know who I am. I know yep. that I'm known for something, whatever it is, and that I put myself into a position where I can then make money and kind of fulfill the second half of the vision, 40 to 50. So and I, I've done that. that. That first 10 years has put us in a great position now. So now this, this, like this was the year 2020 kind of where we get serious you know and we've yeah. you know like we're you know like i suppose just like leveling up even down to joining i suppose like the music managers forum and association yeah. of independent music and you know specifically trying to seek out the right publishers or the right sync agents and you know just trying to look at it a bit more now businessy so 
because it's yeah. now we've got the facility and we've got the artists and we've got the rep now it's okay now this next decade it's about mm. so in 10 years when we have the the follow-up podcast the Yassin yep. the Yassin yeah. so, oh what he's invited <laughs> me already I'll, I'll put it out there from earlier <laughs> so by then you know we want to be in a position where we've got mobos and grammys and brits you Most know what definitely. I mean and, and the, well, hopefully by then I'm able to come out to you guys and actually sit down with with yourself and a group of your artists. Yeah, and definitely. Have a conversation which would be excellent. Yeah, that'd be a really good podcast. Yeah, see, he's invited us, guys. You can do you it. We can, you can even us. vlog that one, stick it on Twitch, whatever yeah, you want. True. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's given us the invitation. <laughs> um, my next question for you is: How important is it for not just yourself? But for your artists to understand the music business, the reason why I'm saying this is because a lot of artists are sowing the hype of the TV and the fame of the music business. But for myself, especially because I worked in publishing for so long, I, I believe that it's good for artists to understand what music publishing is and what it does and how it can affect you. MCPSPRS, I know they've changed it now, but for me, royalties is like having the crown jewels. Um, that can make you, you that can make you give you security forever basically because you have that and your songs are frequently being played mm. how do you feel about artists not just knowing about being creative but also knowing about the music business behind and music publishing I, th I think it's really important and like I say with the way that we work with artists we want to empower them with that knowledge so that they they understand that you know the contracts that they're signing and you know about the copyright and who owns which bits and you know like and also we've been we've been offered quite a few publishing deals that we've turned down just because they weren't quite right you know and it's somebody trying to take 50 percent but not necessarily yeah. doing anything and it's like i kind of like even though a lot of the time the artists want to do it because all they can see is okay someone's offered me a deal but we're like yeah, yeah but at the end of the day this is like this is your retirement fund like don't this is for life yeah this don't, is for life. don't be selling off yeah. don't be selling off your your music to the first person who tries to take it you know so um because i started the record label three years ago um and we've not like we've not had any we've not worked with any publishers or anything yet um but again I'm, we still own that catalog so it's you know and again it's we don't and to be honest, a lot of the time as well, the artists want the deal before they're ready for it as well anyway. That's true. You know, so I'm like, look, don't worry about the publishing deal. Don't worry about the money for now. Let's just think on getting as much songs made as possible. So, because my, my plan is I, I want to have enough songs to release, but then also to be pitching for publishing, also to be potentially selling on to other artists, whatever. So we try and teach them the, the whole business side and we're learning it ourselves to be honest as we go so it's like we're learning it teaching it them and some are more receptive than others you know some some artists really want to learn every part and they take it all on and i like literally i'll go to the levels i'll give them all the resources that i've got i'll make available to them you know so we have a, a shared group and i'll put in this is what facebook and instagram are saying is the best practice this is about publishing this is about copyright yeah. this is a prs presentation and yeah some are some are so creative they'll just they'll just go over the red and that, you know what they'll be like you know what i don't care about the business side you deal with that for me yes and i'm like well okay that's fine you know man and you suppose you stick to your strengths you know what i mean you can lead a horse to water, they say, and that. But you can't make it drink it. it. 
<laughs> so we give it them. But yeah, how much they take on is down to them. But I think. Do you think? Do you think that publishing is something that uh, you would possibly go into yourself, like have a publishing side to? Because I know you got obviously you got the record label side and you got a studio. Would you feel like connecting a publishing to it maybe in the future when it gets when your company gets even bigger? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. One of the actual one of the actual future plans is to do that. So, yeah. um, and to be honest, this whole lockdown has actually made this come a little bit sooner. Um, yeah. So because. Basically, like I said, because I weren't, I weren't feeling the publishing deals that I've been offered. Um, I started yeah. looking at ways of going direct to people, you know, so like direct to BT Music or whoever, whoever it is. And I know it's hard, but I'm thinking, well, there is a way, you know what I mean? So at the minute, I'm kind of adding another, another part, another arm of the business, which is going to be based around publishing and sync and stuff. So because especially in urban music, we've realised there's a lot of there's a lot of people, there's a lot of TV struggling to get yeah. licensed music, you know, because a lot of people are just making music in the bedroom and they're not, they're not, they're not putting it on PRS and PPL and all that stuff. So then yeah, BBC will important. find the music they want, but they can't use it. So yeah. we're basically going to kind of, we're basically, I've already, I've already started, I've got first, like, first batch of tracks ready to register and stuff. So we're going to kind of specialise in um, trap drill grime hip-hop you know kind of like urban stuff because i've got like eight producers and like 10 max and you know so it makes sense that they can make all this music and then because they're always making beats anyway and making yeah. music no, so we'll make it i'll license it from you so that it's all you know it's all properly prs and ppl and then yeah. if it gets taken you'll get a nice a nice little commission check and you'll get your performance royalties how is it for you working with so many artists at one time? Like, describe your day, because it sounds hectic anyways, but describe how your day is. I'll be honest, no two days are ever the same. And, <laughs> and it, he's going to say that. It is, it's a weird one, because like I say, I've got, I've got nine artists, but then I've also got five or six sound engineers, and I've got, like my whole collective is about, about 20 strong. Um, so I'm kind of like the middleman between the whole, the whole 20 people, so... But it's weird because it just depends what's going on, you know. So sometimes there's loads going on and I'm just like, literally my day is just emails and phone calls. And then sometimes it's like we're at the studio and it's just like a little bit more focused. I might be focusing on a couple of different projects. So, um, yeah, it's it's a lot. But I've, I've got people under me that help as well, you know. So I've got, like, how I do it, HQ Familiar is like also like a management company. So there's about, I've got three or four people that will help. So I've got like, um, I've got Zach who will do like all the mixing and mastering. I've got someone else who will do like the admin side and stuff. And then I've got someone else who does the social media side, you know. So it's, although it's a lot, it's, yeah, I think it's good because you never got time to get bored of anything because it's just like, That's true. it's just there's so much true. going on. The hardest yeah. thing is actually just keeping up with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, that makes total sense how do you push your eyes how do you actually push them especially if they're having a bad day so what would you say to them to uplift them so usually I, a lot of like i use a lot of the stuff that that helps me and a lot of that again comes comes to mindset and like the power of language you know like i'm quite into like the law of attraction and i'm big on energy and stuff like that you know so basically i, I will i will kind of reuse some of the stuff that that works for me um, yeah. And it depends how deep someone is, you know. Sometimes they might just need yeah. a little, a little pep talk, you know. 
if they really know, maybe I'll tell them tell them something that they didn't know yet. You know, maybe about a future opportunity that's about to. You know what I mean? Because All right. Usually, yeah. I don't tell anybody anything until the ink's dry. You know, in case something something yeah, like, promised and it don't never, happen. Yeah. You know, I'm very big on energy and how things are said and how I connect with people. I think that's important for me. Yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah, I think how someone is towards me with their energy alone. Sometimes somebody doesn't even have to speak to me, mm. but I can just feel it. And I think that's big within any industry that you're going to or any person that you're talking to as well and and it's nice to know that you give that to your artists and your sound engineers and anybody that you're working with because yeah. I think a lot of companies need to understand that in order for you to develop not just as a person but as a leader not just a boss but a leader you need to have that kind of understanding of maybe even spiritually mm. you need to have that understanding to help you progress no that makes sense well yeah and I think the other side of it is is you know like for my own for my own peace of mind and well-being i want to be around people that kind of that that enhance my dream and my energy you know? yeah. so it's like obviously people have bad days and that's fine and people have ups and downs which is fine yeah. you know but on the flip yeah. side i only will have people around me that that will a believe in my energy and my vision yeah. and what i'm doing but b they want to actively be a part of it and put into it you know so yeah. they believe it they want to emulate it and the you know, and then that's like we're all on the same vibe and we're all on the same wave, wavelength. And I suppose that's giving it even more power and energy because we're all collectively, you know, like looking like, yeah, we're going to the top, we're doing this, we're doing yeah. this. And it's it's infectious. You know, positive energy is infectious, same as negative is, you know. So, yeah. like, generally, I don't have no bad mind people around me or, you know, no people. You don't need them. No, I don't need, do them. need them. And I've had big people who, could have potentially made me a lot of money that I just won't I just won't work with because yeah. uh, I know the money is going to come down the line so I don't need to compromise and even if it didn't you know rather than compromising my own self-respect or my own beliefs you know like I'm just gonna yeah. I'm gonna crack on I'm gonna I want everything around me to be as happy as positive and as comfortable as, as, as absolutely possible yeah if you had, if the people were around you, so if I came into your studio and you had your 14 or 20 people around you and I said to each of them to describe you in one word, yeah, what do you think the main one word would be to describe you as a person? From them? Yeah, from them. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you're going to ask them after this as well. <laughs> I'm going to have to, aren't I? I bet you're going to ask them as well because obviously you are you yeah and you have your own perception of who you are of yourself mm. but then when other people are out of the box and they're looking at you as a leader a boss a friend what do you think they would say Savio this is what I think of you as in, in one word that's a hard of one word ah <laughs> I'll probably I'll probably go with inspiring because I know I inspiring? do. Inspiring? Yeah, I'll go with no, inspiring because I know no, I inspire. That's, that's what everything I do is to try and inspire them to be the best they can be, you know, and and believe in themselves. I suppose as much as I believe in them, because a lot of the time yeah. I've got more belief in them than they have, you know. So yeah, um, which is not a bad thing. Yeah. No, and I think especially because a lot of them are young as well, you know, like the team ranges, like the youngest person in the collective is is seventeen, you know, and then I'm forty, oh. you know, so. It's got yeah. it's quite a big mix, you know, of different ages, you know, and there's, there's yeah, we're with people from all around the world, and there's different ages, there's different sexes, you know, like it's a really mishmash. 
collective, but we, but it works, you know, man. Because it's multi-genre as well. So. so, so when I come over to you in ten years' time, and we're ready to do another podcast again, I'm gonna remember. I'm gonna remind you of that particular question. Okay. Yeah. And I'm gonna see what the guys say, the guys and the ladies say, to see what they say. No, that's perfect. Um, if there was some advice that you could give to your fans and your followers about being positive, which I'm sure you've done most of that already today, just on the podcast, about the music business or just for themselves, what would you say to them to help inspire them like you do? And also, what would you say to people out there to let them know who you are as a person that you've never said in an interview before? Um, so I think the, the advice I would give is... Is, is basically be patient first and foremost. You know, don't try and set a goal that's that's too time bound because you're probably not going to hit it. Um, yeah. We talk about ten thousand hours or ten years a lot of the time in the music business of maybe how long you might actually have to put in until you're ready to be able to leave your full time job or your your actual your income. You know what's actually paying you to live. So patience is always something I talk to everyone about, and then. I think something, another good bit of advice I tell people is kind of fake it till you make it, you know, so yeah. if you tell yourself you're great in the morning and you don't believe it, maybe if you say that every single day, maybe after the 60th time it starts clicking and you start believing it, you know, yeah. so I think, you know, self-belief and, you know, giving yourself time to grow into the actual what it is yeah. you want to be and then I suppose me as a person. I don't know. <laughs> that's a, I find that's, that that's a really hard one. Hard. <laughs> I find that people always find it hard to talk about themselves, especially when it's in like a positive way or if someone's giving them a compliment about what they do. I find it they, they either go really shy or... It's a weird really, thing. You know, it's a weird thing. <laughs> um, so tell us something about you that you don't normally say on an interview or a podcast that will help people to get closer to who you are. Um, I'll tell you what I probably don't usually say is that although like the music, this this whole thing is my life, actually it's my kids that's more important, you know, so like I will, the only thing that I will put before my business is my kids, you know, so I will, yeah. if I have to, I will lose opportunities, I will miss events, you know, so like no matter how, yeah, no matter how passionate I am about the music, you know, like, yeah, first and foremost, I'm, I'm dad, you know, man, and yeah. That's my priority. It's nice. That's nice. I like that one. And of course, this is your time to plug it, okay? You ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Tell, <laughs> tell me all your social medias, where we can find you. Go for it. Okay, so the studio and the label all goes under at HQ Recording. So that's yep. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, the website is at HQ Recording as well www.hqrecording.co.uk. Uh, my own socials are Yasin El Ashrafa or Yasin yep. underscore HQ. And Perfect. that's it. Yeah, we've got, we've got a website as well for HQ Can, which is hqcan.org. And that is for the, the funding side, the projects we do. Um, and yeah, that's it. Get us everywhere. <laughs> I like that. Yazin, I want to thank you so much for coming on the Ask People podcast. You've been a great guest. Thank you. You have thank been literally you, a great guest. You've been a great host. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs>
hey guys, I want to say thank you for listening to the Us People podcast today. And please, as always, please subscribe on Spotify, Google Play. We're literally everywhere. And as always, like I always say, please take care of yourself. Stay kind, stay positive, stay happy and stay kind to one another.